welcome to Reality Tea Times 2, the podcast where we discuss all the trash reality TV we love to hate. I'm Danika, and today we are going to be discussing The Bachelor. So, nothing to discuss on top of the episode. Well, actually, I will discuss, um, as mentioned in 90 Day Diaries, we do have a new website at realitytimes2.podpage.io, I believe that's what I said. Nonetheless, it will be in the show notes as well as the outro. will hopefully be updated with either this episode or one of the Love is Blind episodes following this, but um, otherwise, everything else will be in the show notes. Um, the other website is still available. It just won't be like updated going forward, um, but otherwise, it's all there. Um, but that's it. We're going to hop right back into the episode now. So season 28, episode six, y'all. We are in my neck of the woods. We are in Canada. Oh, Canada. My home. Okay. We won't go into the anthem. I hate the anthem anyways. So, (laughs) Montreal, um, to be exact, that is where we are in good old Canada. And he's not feeling great, y'all. He's definitely struggling here. He says he's falling for multiple women and he is scared. He's scared that, you know, what happened with charity will happen again, that he'll pour his heart out to somebody and then they just won't accept it. So that's kind of his worry. Um, he also goes into this kind of shows where he is at mentally too. Not even just with the women, but in general. And I said, oh my gosh, Joey, I think you, I hope he's talking to somebody about this because it's clearly affecting him in ways that I don't think I have ever seen before. I don't think I have ever seen a bachelor be this vulnerable with what he's dealt with throughout life. And it kind of endeared me to him even more. He kind of says here that, um, you know, he feels like he has to kind of be perfect and whatever. And producers say, well, why do you feel like you need to be perfect? And he says, not so much that I feel like I need to be perfect, but I, I feel like people expect me to be perfect. He's kind of gone through life where he felt like he had to be perfect. To kind of be, you know, I don't know if he necessarily used the word accepted, but um, it's kind of felt like he, that's kind of where he was leading. Um, And he's getting very emotional. He's crying. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, first of all, A, like I said, I think it's amazing to kind of see him be this vulnerable, be emotional. Um, I think that's all amazing. Not amazing, but you know what I'm trying to say. And, but it's also very sad to see kind of maybe what expectations were put on him and his early life still affecting him today. So, like I said, I do hope he's talking to somebody about that. Um, 
mainly therapists, psychologists, talking to someone about that and working through those things. I think that is very important. Well, let's go on because ladies are here and they yell, Bonjour Canada. Bonjour. So, we, um, I wrote here, Leah, we don't chug maple syrup. I don't care what anybody says. We don't fucking chug maple syrup here in Canada. It's disgusting. If anyone here is chugging maple syrup in Canada, stop it. Stop it fucking now. That is disgusting. That is gross. That is gross. Now, will I lick maple syrup off my finger? Yes, of course. But I'm not chugging it. So gross. So fucking gross. Um, and again, we're not talking the Anjumima shit. We're talking pure maple syrup. But I'm still not chugging it. It's gross. Anyway. And um, Maria's French. Her ability to speak French makes me look really fucking bad. Maria, did she go to French immersion? Because her French is a lot better than mine. I, I fell off with the French um, in grade nine because I didn't have to keep doing it. So I'm like, I'm done then. I didn't continue. Um, I know the basics. You know, I said bonjour, au revoir. I can count. Yeah. Now, I know certain things in French, but for me to have a full-blown conversation, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I can pick up French. You know, I can hear someone speaking French say, that's French, but that's about as far as I go. But she's making my French look really bad. And it is her second language here in Canada. Maria, stop it. <laughs> But anyways, and then, and then I have a bone to pick with Maria. I have a bone to pick with her. Here's why. She says, eh, Maria, you know better. We don't go around saying, eh, don't fucking feed into the, the, the stereotype that people have of Canada. We're not around here like, eh, we're not doing that. Oh, well, not really. You know, the ones that actually are doing the A are like people from like Nova Scotia because they have that, they have a very different sound to their voice, maybe there or uh, maybe even Newfoundland, but like two provinces out of 10 and three territories, right? Three, Yukon, North, uh, Northwest Canada territories, isn't two? Because am I missing Canada's Canada peoples? Am I missing one? Is it two or three? Oh, um, uh, none of it. None of it's the other one. Okay, sorry guys. Come back to Bachelor. But anyways, um, yeah, the uh, the whole A of it all. I'm like Maria. You know better. We don't go around going A. We don't do that. Anyway, I also wrote that Jesse's French makes me look really bad, but I actually think he's from Quebec. Um, if I'm correct, I believe he's from Quebec. So you do need to know a little bit of French if you're actually from Quebec. And fun fact about Quebec, everybody. 
we don't speak the proper French here. Our French is actually more of a broken, broken French. I kind of like broken English, broken French. It's not actually proper French. Um, fun fact. But anyway. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Moving on. So, yes, Jesse's kind of here saying, fun fact, guys, I'm also from Canada. You know. And, um, he, he's like, so this is, you know, my second home. It's your first. But anyways, he's like, I think this breaks out in French and I'm like, <laughs> thanks, Jesse, for also making me look really bad. But then again, I feel like French back in the day, like how they taught French was so different than what they do now. Like even when I learned French in school, cause you have to learn French in school. Um, cause it is the official second language that we have to learn it in school. And I feel like, I feel like his generation learned it very differently. My generation learned it very differently than like my brothers. We were learning for me. My generation was learning French from grade one up until grade nine. Whereas while I was still in elementary school, but like towards the end of elementary, they changed it and started doing grade four and up to grade nine. Never changed that. You don't have to do past grade nine. You need to have one credit, one, sorry, one credit to pass French, to pass like high school. And that's, that's it. Um, which I always thought was not the right thing to do. Um, I just don't, because I knew French a lot better than I do now, because I retained it, but like, it's, um, maybe, maybe, you know, people, even my mom, who's probably closer in age to Jesse, knows a little more, she can pick up on stuff a little more than even I could. So I feel like that could be helpful, but I also think like he's from Quebec. I think I could be wrong. Um, no excuse on Maria though, because we're the same fucking age. Let's move on. Um, actually, I think I'm a year older than her. But anyway, he says that things are going to be a little different this week. We are still doing one group date, two one on ones, but what he's going to end up doing this time around, and we're going to do the group date first followed by the one-on-ones so the group date starts now and jesse says well you'll know immediately if you're not called right now that you have a one-on-one so here's what we are going to be doing group date involves daisy caitlin kelsey a jen rachel leah um lexi and jess which means that kelsey t and maria have one-on-ones and of course, Leah has to be a bitch about it. And it's like, I'm not like jumping for joy that she got a one-on-one. Then don't jump for fucking joy. Like, I don't even understand the comment anymore. I don't understand your hatred for her anymore. I don't get it. Move fucking on. Spoiler alert, she does might. So basically, what they're going to be doing is getting like clues to like go around. I think they're also going to get clue to find Joey. But here's the kicker, guys. The clues in French. And then Jesse's like, okay, bon chance. Bye. <laughs> if you don't know what bon chance means, it's good luck. I, my French isn't that bad. But anyways, 
they're off to go do shit and find where they gotta go. But they do find Joey. And they're going to be going to a souvenir shop and they're going to be picking out a souvenir. But of course, the souvenir is a Canadian toque. A Canadian toque we see all the time. (laughs) But that's what they're getting because it's not Canada without a toque. And let's just slap Canada on the toque to make it even more Canadian. Anyway, then we see the things I see all the fucking time over here in Canada. A sand train. Oh god. Anyway. Don't ask me what sand train what sand stands for. I don't actually know. Anyway. So now we're going to um go make and then eat poutine. Now for some Americans who don't know what poutine is, I will tell you. Poutine is basically French fries with what he called brown sauce with gravy and cheese curds. Now you can add different things to it. I've seen people put like bacon and whatever, which I can totally understand seeing bacon in a poutine. Now, this is a very French dish or Quebec dish, I should say. It's a very Quebec dish. Started in the Quebec, made its way otherwise because poutine, if you didn't know, is French. But do I like poutine? Fucking no. Now I know I'm on the anonymous. I'm a, I'm I'm a rare person here. I'm not typical. A lot of people like poutine, even people that like people I know who I wouldn't expect like poutine, like poutine. I'm a weird one, but I think for me, the weirdness comes from, I don't like the idea of like foods being together that typically usually are not together, like fries and cheese and gravy. They give me the gravy and fries, leave the curds. I don't want the curds, but, um, yeah, that's just, that's me. But I'm like, mm-hmm. doesn't seem appealing to me. What's a fucking ever? It just doesn't. But anyways. That's what they're basically doing. But Leia, not Leia, sorry, Jen. Was it Jen? Yeah, Jen. She, because they're given like other things that they can use because it's actually Jesse's favorite restaurant, apparently. But they're given like extra ingredients they can add to the poutine. And Jen's like adding pineapples, chocolate, and other things. And Joey's like, um, that's kind of gross. But he tries it. (laughs) He tries it. And he's like, he's like i give it a four out of ten surprised he gave it a four out of ten but anyway um they go um stop it dancing in the street and you know he's obviously he can't dance with everybody um but he does dance with some people and some of those people he actually kisses and jess is spiraling caitlin's spiraling Hell, even Kelsey A is starting to spiral. Everyone's starting to spiral um, in their different way about all of this. But then we're going to go play some street hockey because, of course, um, and Rachel goes to kiss him then, too. And then Leah does. I think it was Leah goes to kiss him. And I'm just like, oh. But anyway, that's that portion of the day. 
then we're doing the night portion. Joey comes on in. Y'all wearing jeans. We have these ladies dressed up in like dresses and stuff, and he walks in wearing jeans. Well, great choice. But anyway, Joey walks in just to a whole lot of sad women, just a lot of sad faces, and he can feel it. We can feel something's wrong. And, you know, he's like, okay, maybe it's time for me to kind of open up about my fears and how I'm feeling. So he tells them a little bit of his fears having to deal with this process, obviously not being accepted at the end of this, as kind of what he said in the beginning. And um, it kind of maybe helps him feel a little more comfortable because they're like, I'm afraid and so is he. So anyway, he kind of is with Caitlin for a bit and she's wearing Lexi's dress. <laughs> um, Feels great in it. Kelsey also opens up about her insecurities, kind of backing off of him. And then Lexi, Lexi, my girl Lexi, she wants to know, kind of, with everything that she told him back in um, Malta, she kind of wants to know, what is his timeline? What is he, ideally, what is his timeline, kind of after all of this, you know? with engagement, marriage, kids, and all that. So she asks him, you know, all of this. And he says, you know, I, I kind of see having about a two to three year engagement. And ideally for him, he would like to wait about two years after being married before having children. Which he has the luxury of doing that. Most men do have the luxury of doing that. Um, but we don't, as women, generally speaking, have the luxury of doing that, of having that waiting game, especially when you're in your 30s. So she does appreciate the the honesty from him. But that's kind of all she says to him. And her in the moment, she says that the timing, his timing, might be a concern for her, which is completely understandable. It would be for me too. Jen tells him now that she is falling in love with him. He doesn't feel ready to say it back to anybody or whatever, but he's definitely loving it. Oh God, then Jess, this I was not expecting. Jess tells him, like, the group dates are getting really tough, but I am falling for you, and it's all worth it, blah, blah, blah. But Jolie says, you know, it feels good to hear. And I said, oh, no, that doesn't sound good. But he says, I should be able to, you know, picture it. And he doesn't see it. And he said, I don't know, I don't think it would be right to keep you here if I'm not seeing it. And she was also not expecting this. She was very emotional, obviously, but she is going home. And I mean, honestly, I think deep down she knew this is where I was headed. This is why she acted up with Maria last week. This is why. 
because she was insecure in her own connection with him. So, yeah. She, he walks around and she says, like, did I do something? And he says, no. And I said, of course you didn't do anything. This is the process. He may have had a strong connection with you initially, and he did. But he then had stronger connections with other people who maybe didn't initially att uh, attract him or catch his attention. And we're going to see that a little later as well. And, yeah, so, you didn't do anything wrong, and you're young, you still have lots of time to find somebody, and you will. So, she didn't expect that. He's taking it really hard as well. He basically kind of says, like, she opens up to me, and then I do that. I mean, it was the right thing to do, but still, like, he gets horrible, and, um, and then Joey goes back to the ladies and they can tell instantly, like, where's Jess? And he tells them that he just sent Jess home. Um, and obviously, like, that's tough for him, but he does hand out the group date rose and he gives that to Jen. So that's that. Let's move on to the first one on one date, and that is with Kelsey T. So they will be training with Cirque du Soleil for um for the you know day part of their date. Looks like fun. But the one thing that they did, um, where like uh, it's kinda like the one they do like with two different people and it's uh sorry, but they kinda like put their arms through like these black like cloth straps or whatever and a piece of piece them. Um that um that made Joey very dizzy. And he's not really liking it. They do like a bunch of times and he's like, y'all I'm seeing three of you. Like he's not he's he's not well bitch. Um but uh he's cursing a lot too by the way i don't think i have heard joey coat curse this much in the entire time we've seen him on tv okay we've been seeing joey on tv since like what july june maybe june july and we're now in february we've been seeing him on tv quite a bit over the last few months um i've never heard him curse quite as much as he did during this date um but he tells her that he really likes her. Um, he's just having a lot of issues showing it right now because I don't feel good. <laughs> Meanwhile, though, we kind of jump over to Lexi and she's kind of freaking out. She says, like, his timeline is not quite what she sees for herself and she wants to talk to him again. And you're like, oh boy, here we go. I actually got spoiled on this, so I knew it was coming, but, oh lord, okay. So back to the date. I think they're at, like, a church or something, which is absolutely beautiful inside. But Kelsey is feeling amazing after her date. She tells him that she, you know, doesn't have, like, the best relationship with her family, in particular her father. 
They used to be really close, do things together, play games, watch movies, whatever. But she's like growing. Um, when I think she was like a little older, he did stop talking to her for a while. Which, when I tell you, when I found out why, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Because that's the godly fucking thing to do. Is stop fucking talking to your child. She tells everybody or him, but we all hear it too, that the reason her father and her stopped talking is because. He was upset that she didn't want to partake in religion. And I said, fuck your dad. Fuck your dad. Because I'm sure God is so fucking happy with him that he wouldn't talk to his blood, his biological fucking child. Are you fucking kidding me? Fuck this guy. Anyway, um, so she says because she didn't really see that for herself he also apparently got mad because she went to college. Wait, are we? The 1800s are calling. They want their idiot back. Are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Hell, even people in the 18 women in the 1800s, not many, were going to do secondary school or post-secondary school. But like, are you kidding me? This is ridiculous. I've never. So you should. Oh my god. So, yeah, he got mad about that. Um, and, uh, he wanted her to just focus on religion. And I'm just like, what the fuck is this? And she said, like, whoever lives in his home has to be a part of religion. Well, she says that affected how she approached relationships. No shit. And he feels bad about hearing this. Like, he feels, like, bad about what she went through. And for a second there, I'm like, oh, you feel bad, but what? <laughs> but that's kind of all he says. He says that it's, um, or she says it's a work in progress. Um, she says that, like, they're getting along, but it's hard nonetheless because she still lost time with him. She, but she does say in the last couple of years that they have been trying to do things together, like going to the movies, but you know, it can't change what happened before. You can't change that. Despite all of that, though, she says she is ready for love, ready to be loved and to get love. Um, and then he gives her the rose, so she's still here. And then they start playing one of my favorite classical songs, Claire de Lune. So, I love Claire de Lune. So yes, that's basically how the uh, the date ends for them. Have you ever wanted to guest on a podcast like this one that you're listening to right now? Well, you can. You can definitely do this by visiting a website called Podmatch, where you can sign up and be available for all different types of podcasts that you can guest on. Or you can even search for a podcast and say, I want to I want to guest on your podcast. I think we'd be a good match. So if you want to do this, you can go to our unique link which is joinpodmatch.com forward slash reality. And you can sign up and do exactly that. 
and you can find us and you can guest on our podcast. So again, that unique link is www.joinpodmatch.com. That's J-O-I-N-P-O-D-M-A-T-C-H dot com forward slash reality R-E-A-L-I-T-E-A and you can be a guest on our podcast. Next, let's go into Maria's one-on-one date. So this random guy just comes out of nowhere and says, Joey awaits you downstairs. <laughs> In French, by the way. Um, but he's waiting for her beside a fucking limo. So that's what they're going to be doing today. She tells him, have you learned French? And he says no. And she's like, well, you know, they give you different things to say. He's like, no, I'm not saying anything because it's probably bad. But yeah, they're kind of playing around. She must have gone to a French immersion school. But anyway, they're like playing around, whatever, having a lot of fun. And, you know, I just kind of wrote here, Maria is just kind of like every normal girl in a relationship who just, you know, has fun with her boyfriend, teases him, whatever, like being relaxed with each other. It's, it's great. Um, so what are we going to be doing? Is it jumping out of an airplane? Are we jumping out of an airplane? He's like, no. But we're going shopping. That's what they're going to be doing. So, he, um, she kind of gets in there, picks out some dresses and stuff, and she's like modeling for him. It's great. And, um, she picks out kind of this amazing dress. She looks amazing on her. And that's the one. And she's still back in the limo. He's dressed now too in like a suit. Um, and they're back in the limo now. She says, say, je t'aime. Or je t'aime, je t'aime, je t'aime. Whatever, guys. Like I said, French, I've lost. But she says, je t'aime. And he says it back to her. And she's like, oh, merci. And, uh, she says, say it again. And she's, oh, merci. And I'm like, I love her. She's, he has no clue what the fuck he's saying. But it's funny. So then we're going into a helicopter. She's like, oh, no, fucking no. Are we jumping out of this? He's like, no, we're not jumping out of the helicopter. Um, they're just going to go sightseeing from up high. That is it. So now they're at dinner. And she tells him that she, you know, has been with guys who kind of dangle the idea of marriage in her face, but it's never actually worked out or, you know, never happened. And she just wants to be with someone who is serious about what they want. She tells him that she is happy when she's with him and tells him that uh, she is falling for him in ways that she did not expect and she really struggled to get that out like really struggled to get that out like she you kind of tell that she's not really used to saying it um but then he certainly let me kind of go somewhere else and there we see feist playing singing and 
all of that. And Mike's like, whoa, okay, that's, I mean, she's not the biggest Canadian artist, but she's pretty big. <laughs> so anyway, he gives Maria the rose and yeah, he feels like, he feels now like he can kind of let go of the worries because it's working, he says. Or is it? Now, he got, we got Lexi walking down the hallway, and she's going to go talk to Joey. They, she says they're on two different pages, um, but that's not in the same book. She tells, uh, sorry, so I think she got, she's in his room now, and she tells him, that um, she's been reflecting a lot on the timeline that he provided her. And she says, I don't have the privilege of waiting when it comes to having kids. Yep. She says, I will cherish the conversation that we had, but with someone with infertility and me being in my 30s, I have to date differently. Very true. And as I think I said that previously, I understand her so much. I think I, I understand her. There's something more I can say. I understand her. You can't waste time. Like I, I will say, I mean, it's probably putting you guys a little bit into my personal life a little bit, but I had to put a very strong timeline on my boyfriend when it came to us trying ourselves because I don't know what this looks like. I've tried this before with my ex and not happened. And I was a lot younger. And I had to put him on a strict timeline with that because I don't have the luxury of waiting until I'm 35 or something and hope for the best. You just don't. And even I mean, obviously you take into consideration them as well, but that, that's, that's why like I gave a little bit because it's like even that timeline, I don't feel comfortable with fully, but I, I did it so it worked for both of us, but we don't have the luxury of, because the thing is, as a person with infertility issues, what if I wait until I'm 35 and I then find out this is going to be hard. I will, again, full disclosure, me and my, my boyfriend have now been trying for about a year and a half or so about that. And, you know, people who, I hope certain people listen to the podcast, but about that, about, about a year and a half. And it's not happened. And it's concerning but the reason why I had to have this strict timeline and it kind of in place is if I have to do testing, if I have to, if he has to do testing, it's not just you, the men have to, you know, make sure they're okay too. If I have to do testing, if I have, if we have issues, if, if whatever, if doing it naturally isn't happening, I want to be able to have the the time, the comfort to say, okay, this isn't working. We need to try plan B. 
I wanted to make sure I had that. Luckily, what Lexi's plan, um, or what her, what she ended up doing, my plan B is literally she's ahead of the game, so good for her. But yeah, like you need to be able to plan ahead. And that is what people with women with infertility have to do. We have to plan ahead because we only have a window, a certain amount that we can figure this out. We have to. So I 100% understand her here and saying, your timeline does not line up with mine. It, yeah, it's, it's one thing if you want to have a long engagement. Um, but you know, that I can understand under these circumstances, but we just don't have, we don't have a luxury. We just, we just don't. So anyway, she's going to be leaving. Joy feels stunned. He had zero doubts over the Balta date. He actually said that he wanted to further the conversation with her after following Malta, but obviously he wouldn't be here if he didn't feel strongly about this, about leaving. And he feels very crushed. He could see, he says he could see her as his wife. Well, he definitely wants to talk out things with her, see if he could get there in terms of the timeline. He says it doesn't feel right to let her go, but he has to let her go. She then goes to only Daisy and Maria and tells them that she ended it with him. And y'all, both Daisy and Maria seem to take it really, really hard that she's leaving. But anyway. Hi, everyone. So I'm actually coming in just after um, Lexi has left because I forgot to include this while I was recording. So I'm just coming quickly in very, very, you know, conspicuously, quote unquote, to give you this article that Lexi kind of talking about um, her exit and, and her experience. I do want to really shed light on, on her because I completely understand her. So I just wanted to include this and then we'll get back into the cocktail party as well as the rough ceremony. So Lexi says that she couldn't be more thankful that uh, she pushed herself out of her comfort zone to take this leap of faith. Um, she said this on her Instagram on Tuesday, February 20th, posting photos of herself and Joey. She says, quote, I know this journey didn't end quite how I expected it to, but I know and understand that everyone has their own timeline for their personal journey, and these timelines don't always align. Uh, she also continues on by saying, every message I receive from a girl who has endrom symptoms, an invisible illness, chronic pain, or infertility that I have been able to touch and help in even the smallest way has made everything worth it. She concluded um, her Instagram caption on Tuesday, thanking Joey for showing her that 
quote, a safe, non-judgmental and kind love exists, noting it's something she'll be taking into her next relationship. She also continues on by saying, thank you to all of the amazing and strong women I got to meet and become friends with through this shared experience. And thank you to all of you for each and every one of your supportive messages. It means more to me than words can express. I don't know what is to come, but I have a renewed confidence in myself and I love myself in a way I didn't previously know was even possible. So I thought like I really did want to include that in in this. I absolutely adore her. I think her story really does resonate with, unfortunately, a lot of women who deal with infertility issues and um, infertility uh, diagnoses, whether it's endometriosis or PCOS or anything else. Um, so I think she's absolutely incredible. And um, yeah, So that's it for that. I'm now going to stop talking here and I'm going to put you right back into the remaining, the remainder of the episode. But that's basically that. So now, Leah is feeling really good. You know, she's feeling good about this week. But, you know, pressure may, or sorry, she's like, sure, it's like pressure. But pressure makes diamonds. And I said, oh, same with that. But anyway, the cocktail party is starting. Caitlin realizes that, you know, he tells me all the time how he feels about me, but I haven't really done the same. And y'all, she still doesn't really do the same. I don't know. I, I like Caitlin, but that's not going anywhere. Daisy is adorable, I said. She... She kind of says like all this stuff about how she wants to like open up to him and all of this. And then she's like, sticks her feet on him. And she's like, so how good are you at massages? Oh, how good are you? And she's like, I like it every night, multiple times a night. And I like it hard. And I'm like, are we talking massage now? Like, are we talking about something else? <laughs> um, Jen is telling him how to they're teaching him how to play the piano in front of the other women and they're like oh fuck sakes no um i think i think rachel or somebody i think it was rachel and leah were having a conversation how's the weather oh it's great oh it's good while they're playing piano it was so funny um but nonetheless now in walks jesse and the clink, clink, clink cocktail party is now over. So let's hop into the rose ceremony. You guys, there is only three roses left, meaning two women are leaving. So, yeah, let's get into it. This will be very quick. He has the roses to Daisy, Kelsey A, and Rachel. Going home is Leah and Caitlin. I'm really sad that Caitlin's leaving, but bye Leah. Fuck off. Never come back. So good. So good. This bitch. Bye. <sighs> but uh we're not quite leaving Canada just yet. 
because we're going over to Jasper. Spoiler alert, guys. I don't know where Jasper is. I'm assuming because I saw um, the traffic light. I'm assuming we're still in Quebec. I think we're in Quebec because the traffic lights, at least I know in Quebec, are um, horizontal. Um, I know that because I have been in Quebec very briefly. Um, right at the border of Ottawa, but, um, I know that their traffic lights are horizontal, so I think we're still in Quebec, but I'm not sure. I don't know. Whatever. But, um, that is it for The Bachelor for this week. 